Welcome to the Baptist Pulpit. This podcast is designed to introduce to the audience Baptist preachers, both living currently in America or across the world, and also to introduce classic speakers, men of the past. There were Baptist preachers that have inspired men like myself for years to preach the Word of God. And they also, through their preaching, highlight Baptistic principles. Our speaker for today is Dr. Scott Hanks. He is the pastor the senior pastor of Heritage Baptist Church in Lawrence, Kansas. He's been there for over 27 years, and God has blessed him and his wife uh, there in the ministry uh, in Lawrence and abroad. Uh, He's led the church through building projects and missions increase, and then also God has led him to start a printing ministry many, many years ago called Mercy and Truth. And the printing ministry has expanded a lot over the years. I would highly recommend it, challenge you to look it up and get some resources. He trains young men and women through their Bible college. His wife, Stacia, and Scott have been married for 29 years, blessed with eight children, two grandchildren. I pray that the message today will be a blessing to you as you listen to it. All right, extra loving church family. I'm probably going to be a little bit different service tonight because I want to. I want to. I almost feel like I'm going to teach tonight, uh, and I know preaching is teaching, but uh, I'm going to walk through several scriptures with you tonight. And again, it might not be long tonight. Michael says he doesn't like it when I say that because usually it ends up being a long service. Um, but I, I had somebody ask me, um, and they're here tonight. But I had somebody ask me on Sunday um, that where in the Bible does it say that churches start churches? And I know it's going to seem like a, a really just uh, elementary Bible study tonight. But with us starting this new church in Topeka, I just want to remind us all that what we're doing is biblical, number one. Now, I want to tell you, there's, I, we're going to all find out when we get to heaven um, churches that are started differently, why God let them go forward like they did. I've met people before where they decided they were going to go start a church and they, they went and started a church. And again, I don't I, I think we have to realize we never get, really get to see the end of a thing um, to, be, to be judgmental of something like that. Um, I've, I mean, there's just a lot of different things. I've seen people before where there's been a split in a church and somebody in the church took half those people, went across town and started a church. All right. Now, all I know is, is that we need to follow the biblical pattern of starting churches. Good to see you, Katie Joe. Uh, David is about to, she finally came back to church. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway. Anyway, uh, but David is going to be going to Kenya, and David is supposed to be doing exactly what our church is doing here, but on a foreign field, all right, which means he should be starting churches, and the church should be started out of a church. In other words, David's church uh, really is started from this church, uh, and then they become autonomous, and then that church will start churches also. So tonight, if you don't mind, would you let me just walk through the scriptures with you tonight, just so that we all understand what we're doing. You might think this is not very important but I want to tell you why it is. Because long after you and I are gone, your children are going to be behind you. And they need to be part of a church that should be starting churches. Because that's what God left us here for. All right. So anyway, we'll, we'll walk through this a little bit tonight. 
Our Father, again, I just ask for your help tonight and your blessing upon your word and thank that we can sing how good you are to us and we can be thankful in our song and our, in our prayers. Father, would you please again help guide us to the scriptures tonight, help us have an understanding heart, give us again wisdom from on high. And uh, Lord, I know you said all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Everything that we're going to look at tonight is important because you said it. My Father, help us again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, uh, again, would you give me a little bit of liberty tonight just to make some common statements throughout, even at the beginning of this. And I could, we could walk through all the scriptures tonight. Uh, if you want a copy of my notes, you're welcome to have them. I try not to belabor too much, um, and uh, especially the older I'm getting. But let me just go ahead and say a quick couple of statements. First thing is this. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ started the first church, okay? I do not, again, church family, please, I know people who listen to these broadcasts, they're gonna, they're, they, would, they can disagree, but since I'm preaching to this local assembly, I'm going to tell you what I believe the scripture teaches, okay? So I believe the Bible says that in Matthew 16, verse number 18, Jesus said, I will build. Okay, that means he built the first church, okay? Because he said a present tense, not past and not future. He says, I will build my church. So Jesus Christ, I believe, started the first church. And I believe it started with the 12 disciples. And, uh, and by the way, he even had a lost person in that assembly who claimed to, to know Christ but didn't know Christ. But you have Jesus who started I know there are people who say the church started at, at, at uh, Pentecost and young people. Can I just tell you, if someone believes the church started at Pentecost, it does not matter. All right. And I'm, in the sense that that's not a doctrinal issue on whether or not the church started at Pentecost. OK. All I know is if you have 3000 people added to the church on the day of Pentecost, you can't add something to something that's not already there. All right. So the church was already there. Of course, I believe that the Jesus Christ started that church. Now, let me say a couple more statements. Please stay with me now. Again, I hope that you understand or already know these things. But in Luke chapter number 24, Jesus was about to ascend up into heaven, and he was talking to his 12 disciples before he ascended up into heaven. And he said, Jesus, he said, Luke 24, verses 47, 48, and 49, he said, tarry here until you, basically, the promise that he made earlier, tarry here until you're endued with power, or tarry here until uh, the Holy Ghost, as the promise of the Holy Ghost was going to come upon them. All right, now, where was here? Tarry here, where was he at? Tarry at? Okay, some of you are a little uh, slow to answer, but it is Jerusalem, all right? He was telling them, stay at Jerusalem until you be endued with power of the Holy Ghost. Now, church family, the first church that's mentioned uh, in the book of Acts is the church of Jerusalem, all right? So we have uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What do we call those books? All right? They're called the Gospels. All right? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. The word gospel means? Good job. Very good. It means good news. And it's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the life of Christ. 33 and a half years he's upon this earth. Then we go from the book of John to what book? We call it the Acts of the Apostles. And really, there's much uh, church doctrine, as well as church history, but there's much church doctrine in the book of Acts uh, because there's a lot of beginnings. So you have the first church, the Church of Jerusalem. Now, church, and we understand... Again, I don't know how many scriptures would really turn you guys, uh, turn us all to tonight because I really want to get to a thought. But we understand that in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 15, that God gives us a number of how many people were in the upper room. All right. How many, maybe you know, but how many people were in the upper room when they were praying? Very good. 120. So in Acts 1 verse 15, you have 120 people with the apostles and they are praying. In other words, they had a count. They knew how many people were there. On the day of Pentecost, we know how many people were added to the church. How many? 
We know that 3,000 people, and that was Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 41. In Acts number 4 and verse number 4, 5,000, God used the, gives us the number, 5,000 other people were, became believers or accepted Christ as their personal Savior. And again, we get the idea of the church of Jerusalem at that time, being, them being part of that, those 5,000 saved. In Acts chapter 6, verse number 1, it says that the disciples or the believers were multiplied. In Acts number 6 and verse number 7, it says they were greatly multiplied. Now, what I'm trying to say is this is the church of Jerusalem began to grow, 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 and grow, all righty? In other words, the word church means ecclesia. What is the word ecclesia? It means called out assembly. What are we doing tonight? We have assembled together. That's what a church is, a called out assembly. That's what we're doing together tonight. So the first church that's mentioned in the book of Acts was the church at Jerusalem. So we have Jesus starting the church. We have the disciples staying in Jerusalem until endued with power of the Holy Ghost. And of course, we, many people call the day of Pentecost the birth of the church, but really the church was established by Christ. So then this church begins to grow. The church of Jerusalem begins to grow. Now, church family, we understand there were several things that took place about the church of Jerusalem at the beginning of the book of Acts. You have the deacons that were uh, elected by the people and uh, uh, laid hands on by the people. And of course, the disciples, uh, I'm sorry, the deacons became those who would help the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. We also have some other things happen. We have Paul, Saul on the road to Damascus, and becoming Paul, but Saul getting saved on the road to Damascus. We have several things. But when you get to chapter number 11, something major changes. And I want to tell you, look, look at, let me back up chapter 8. Let's read a few verses now to get us caught up to date. Chapter 8, back up a couple chapters. In chapter number 8, verse number 1, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, <clears throat> talking about Stephen's death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, persecution, verse uh, 1 again, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of where? Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, remember now the church, church of Jerusalem, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad, went where? All right, now I circled the word Judea, Samaria in verse number one and the word everywhere in verse number four because that's exactly what Acts 1.8 said when Jesus said to his disciples, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the most part of the earth, all right? So it took persecution for them to fulfill that, all right? I'm gonna do my best tonight. I hope I don't lose you tonight because I know it just seems seemingly just informational facts. But Lord, Lord will use what we're going to do tonight here in a second, hopefully now. But here's what took place. Jesus starts the church. Then Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going to send up into heaven. And he says, you're going to stay there. The Holy Ghost come upon you. The church is going to get established there in Jerusalem. And then I want you to go into Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. But they didn't do that. So in Acts number 8, God uses Saul to cause persecution in the church. And then the Bible says that they went everywhere, right? All right, now. Chapter number 9, you've got uh, Saul getting saved in chapter number 9. Of course, the end of chapter 8, Ethiopian eunuch, chapter number 9, Saul gets saved. Chapter number 10, Cornelius gets saved. Now, look at chapter number 11. All right, now, you're in chapter number 11. I'm going to read the last, uh, I'm going to read uh, the phrase in the last phrase, chapter 8, verse number 4, and then I'm going to pick it up in chapter 11, verse 19. Because between these three chapters... Saul gets saved, Cornelius gets saved, Ethiopian gets saved. Then all of a sudden, God picks the story back up. So chapter 8, verse 4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now let's pick it up in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 19. 
Now they that were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Now let's stop for just a second here. Understand what's going on here, okay? Are you with me so far? Who started the church? Jesus started the church, all right? And and so Jesus started the church. The first church that was established, uh, we know it by um, a location, the church at Jerusalem, okay? Now, at Jerusalem, this church is established, but they didn't go anywhere until what happened? Persecutions. Persecution, now they're going to go everywhere. Now, church family, I'm coming to Antioch next because that's the next major church that God's going to talk about. But before I do, let me say this. What we just read, here's what took place. The persecution took place in Jerusalem unnamed believers, doesn't tell us who they were, they were from Cyprus, they were from Cyrene, these unnamed believers, they end up going all the way to Antioch and people are getting saved because the Bible says God's hand was upon them and people were getting saved. Are we there so far? Look at the next verse now. The next verse says this, Acts chapter 11, look at verse number 22. Then tidings of these things, what things? Verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Verse 22, then tidings of these things, people got saved came unto the ears of what? The church where? Which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth who? Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. Now I want to stop again for just a moment here, okay? So what we have here is we got the church of Jerusalem was established by the apostles. And the church of Jerusalem, uh, I'm sorry, and the apostles were established by Jesus Christ. So the first church, Jesus and the apostles. Then Jesus sends up to heaven and says, you apostles, I want you to establish church, yes, in Jerusalem, but you stay long enough for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and then you need to go everywhere. Well, they didn't obey. Persecution comes, and now all of a sudden, the disciples, those who are believers, they start to go everywhere. They end up in Antioch. People get saved, but there's still no church yet. There's not a church established until Barnabas goes from the church of Jerusalem. Who sent Barnabas? Church of Jerusalem, all right? Church of Jerusalem sends Barnabas, and Barnabas starts this church. Let me just make some statements, if you don't mind. When David goes over to Kenya, Africa, there's no way all of us are going to be able to go to Kenya, Africa, and see the work that he's doing, but David is like a Barnabas, all right? In other words, this church will ordain him and license him for the gospel ministry before he leaves. He'll be ordained and licensed by this particular church, and this church is going to send him to Kenya, Africa, Now, until he gets a nucleus of believers, he will do what those men of Cyprus and Cyrene did. What did they do? They preached who? If you're with me so far, say amen. Those men of Cyprus and Cyrene, they preached Jesus Christ. And when they preached Jesus Christ, what happened? People got saved, okay? Now, listen to me. There was not a church established just because people got saved. You have to understand that churches start churches. It wasn't until the church of Jerusalem sent Barnabas to Antioch. Let's look at the scripture says now. Look at what he says again in verse number 22. And tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave, uh, cleave unto the Lord. Verse 24, for he, Barnabas, for he, he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people were added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto where? And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with what now? With the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Let's just let me think for a second here. All we have to go on is the Bible pattern or biblical principle 
as far as how churches are supposed to be established. I want to tell you, in the United States of America, churches are closing their doors. They're not opening them. I'm just trying to tell you what's so, so important about us by God's grace and God's direction of starting churches is because we're, there's fewer and fewer churches. What is a church supposed to do? It's supposed to be a light in a community and around the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, I mean, when I came to Heritage 27 years ago, Brother Foote was across town at the North Lawrence Baptist Church. Brother McGee was at the Bible Baptist Church on 15th and Castle. Um, oh, come on. Help me out, Brother Stumfield. Two other ones. Who? Brother Myers. Brother Myers is actually still there. Uh, and I'm telling you what, I can't imagine how old he is now. But he, he was old when I came. And uh, so Brother Myers is at the... Uh, what's the name of it? Lawrence Baptist Temple. Lawrence Baptist Temple, which is right across... And by the way, one thing I want to say about Brother Myers, I know you've never met him before. I don't even know how old he is, but he's got to be way old. When I came to, uh, to Heritage, I went to his house to meet him. And I was 25 years of age. He invited me in. Him and his wife were there. And again, they were old then. And um, he invited me in. I mean, he was at least 30. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm telling you, they were old then. I don't, I don't know how old he is today. But he invited me into his house. And he said, now listen, Brother Hanks. Uh, uh, there's not many people here, not many churches here, and, and, but I'm just telling you, we're behind you. You need, you need to do the Lord's work. Very encouraging. Um, really glad that we came. And so I've always had a high respect for um, Brother Myers, though we never see each other. I mean, right across town, we just never see each other. But, uh, he's, he, you know, sometimes people get that mentality, us four, no more. And, uh, and we don't want to do that either. But, uh, you know, but, but again, um, what a blessing that was. Now, what I'm trying to say is this, there is no more North Lawrence Baptist Church, there is no, uh, uh, it leaned toward Southern Baptist, but there is no more Antioch Baptist Church, there is no more Bible Baptist Church, uh, and I'm just trying, trying to tell you that in these 27 years, these independent Baptist churches have closed their doors just in this city alone, all right? The church, I mean, we've got almost, uh, the Douglas County area has 99,000, uh, so, many, so many people, but just over 99,000 people in the Douglas County area. And I'm just telling you, you know, this is one church trying to reach this, reach this community, and I'm thankful the Lord put us here. Believe me, our community is seemingly very dark, very liberal, but God knew exactly. He loves them, by the way, and that's why he put us here, okay? But can I just tell you that this church, we, we need to start churches, all right? Because that's what churches do. Now, I want to just go through a couple things with you tonight, um, just to kind of as a reminder of what took place. Church family, in the church at Jerusalem, again, Christ started the church, church Jerusalem, the Bible says that Barnabas was sent out by the church to go to Antioch, and that church was established. Now, again, I won't take long tonight, but turn to chapter 13, Acts 13. Look at verse number one. Now these, I'm sorry, now there were in the church that was at where? Chapter 13, verse, now there were at the church at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius and, uh, of Cyrene, and Menain, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I've called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now, again, there's so much that we could teach on this tonight. But I want you to understand the Holy Spirit did a work in a person's heart in Acts number 13, in, the, in their heart, Holy Ghost. But you have to understand the verse number three was the church. In verse number three, and when they, the church, had fasted and prayed and laid there, the church, their hands on them, they sent them away. When we... Um, license and ordain David Smith that laying on of the hands by the deacons and the pastor there's no magic in the hands okay it was the outward show of authority by the local church to, for that person to go does that make sense all right so so the church at Antioch 
uh, started several churches. Church, I mean, think about this for a second here. We don't know exactly how many people were in the church of Jerusalem, but we're talking thousands and thousands, all right? If 3,000 were added on the day of Pentecost, and uh, was it 4,000 believers in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 4, and multiplied and greatly multiplied, I mean, they could have had tens of thousands, if not over 100,000 people just in that church, okay? Now, the Ant church at Antioch, we don't know how many people were in the church at Antioch, but the church of Jerusalem, from what we have from the scripture, from what we have from the scripture, they started one church. The only one we know about is the church at Antioch. That's what the Lord gave us. Now, when you look at the church at Antioch, they sent out the first time on the first missionary journey, they sent out Paul and Barnabas. Now, we're not going to read all the scriptures, but on Paul's first missionary journey, now think for a second here. Paul went to a lot of places. I'm just going to tell you the ones that God called churches in the scripture, okay? The church at Lystra, Acts 14, 21 through 23. The church of Iconium. The church of Antioch of Pisidia, different Antioch. In Pisidia, that was his first missionary journey. When Paul comes back, he is sent out again the second time with, uh, with Silas. Hey, I want to point this out to you real quick. Acts 15. Flip over there real quick here. Acts 15. All right. Did Paul and Barnabas have a disagreement? Yes, they did. All right. And Christians will have that. But look what, look what happens here. Verse 36. This is, this is when Paul's getting ready to take his second missionary journey. In some days, verse 36, chapter 15. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the, of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, John Mark was a it was a relation of Barnabas, all right? Verse 38, but Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them in, from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. That's a key word there. Verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them that they, de- they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Now let me stop real quick here. You never hear Barnabas again. You never hear about him. You say, well, who was right in the argument? It doesn't matter who's right in the argument. The next verse shows the importance of what's right. Look at the next verse, verse number 40. And Paul chose Silas and departed. I want you to read the last phrase, verse number 40, out loud with me. Ready? Being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. All right, he went through Syria and Cilicia. Now, what I'm trying to get you to see is this. Paul had the blessing of the church as far as taking that second missionary journey, Barnabas didn't. I mean, this is not, it doesn't say in the scripture that he had any, and you don't hear about Barnabas again. And I really believe that the difference was, is that Barnabas, I'm sorry, excuse me, Paul and Silas on the second missionary journey were sent out by God. Now think about this, all right? Now again, you can get the references later. I don't mind reading all this, but I don't want to bore you tonight. But on the Paul's second missionary journey, think about the churches that were established. The church in the region of Galatia, the church at Troas, the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, the church in Berea, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus. All of those churches were established. Pastor, you say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. Just because a church is a large church, according to the scripture, the church of Jerusalem only established one church. Antioch was not near as big as the church of Jerusalem, but guess what? They started several churches. All right. So I think there's a reason for that. Uh, and again, I think we need to know that also. Of course, Paul's third missionary journey, he just went to, to reestablish the churches. He didn't start any churches on the third missionary journey. Um, but again, that's what Paul did. Now, tonight, from Acts number 11, I just want to point out three things and I'm done. All right, turn over to Acts number 11. I want to just point out three things as far as the starting of a church and churches starting churches and using the example of the church of Jerusalem. All right, uh, I'm going to go and pick it back up, if you don't mind, in verse number 21. All right, 
Acts 11, verse number 21 says this. It says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Verse 22, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. All right? Now, all right, church, let me think. I just want to point out three things of this, all right? Who's the one that started the church? Talk to me now. Jesus Christ started the church, all right? He told the disciples to stay where, and, and the church was going to be established there first. Where did he tell them to stay? All right, we don't have, the, we don't have a, a magical name of the church. We just know of the location, the church at Jerusalem, all right? The church of Jerusalem, who did they send to Antioch? They sent Barnabas to Antioch, and then a church was established there, and out of that church, churches were started. Now, here's what I want you to see tonight is this. The Bible says in that verse, in verse number 21, that when it came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Now, church, I want to tell you something. We hear a lot of things, don't we? As a church, I mean, goodness gracious, we've got the internet. I mean, we've got all kinds of different modes of technology, uh, phone, email. You know, we can hear a lot about what takes place at other churches. They, had, they didn't have the technology that we have today. All they did was heard from somebody, there's people saved at Antioch. Church, I want to tell you something. There are people in Topeka, and I'm thankful for the, there's three churches in Topeka right now. Uh, two are on the corner on this side of Topeka. One is on the other far corner on Topeka over there. And, of course, we're starting on the other far corner over there. The three that I know of. Now, again, if there's more, it's because I don't know. But. And, church, I mean, God's going to use those churches as, as he sees fit. But can I tell you, when you think about the metroplex of Topeka, and there's 233,000 people, there's people that need to be saved as well as people who are saved. There's people that are looking for a church. And when it came to the ears at the church of Jerusalem, here's what I want you to think about. They had a desire for a church to be started. Church, I mean, we've been here 27 years. Most of you have been here many years also. And we haven't started a church every year. We started really one church, and that's in Great Bend, Kansas. And Brother Grace is still there after 17 years, if I remember correctly, uh, as far as being there in Great Bend. And I don't know if the Lord, this might be the only other one the Lord lets us start. I don't know. But I do know this one thing. We ought to want to. Amen. We, we ought to have a desire to. Follow me for just a moment, church family, okay? All right, now you, you, you don't have to answer me back. I just want to tell you, I love you and I do love you. Um, I try to pray for you regularly. I prayed for you all today. Amen. I just, you know, I, I would hate for, I don't want anybody to leave, all right? I know it sounds awful selfish, but... I also know that the Lord wants to start churches. And I know people are, especially when we start churches in the location where it's close by. Now, when Barnabas went to Antioch, the distance was so far. It's not like people from Jerusalem say, I think we're going to help this church over here. It was, the distance was too far. That's not going to happen here. And there are going to be good people from this church, solid people, that are going to go over there and be a part of that church. And I know, I know about it. Now, church, I mean, let me just, I'm going to add in some more information real quickly here. Uh, Brother uh, Mark Upshindek, um, Lord permitting, is going to be here in October. When he gets here in October, he's going to jump into the church here. Uh, in the meantime, he's going to try to raise just a little bit of support. We're going to try to help get some churches to raise, get some monthly support, so he'll have some financial support. What will probably happen is once he gets here, I'll let him get grounded just a little bit. And then on Sunday morning for a Sunday school hour, I'll probably put him in charge of a, a class just for people that are going to go over to Topeka or at least thinking about it. So they can get used to his speaking or his teaching or his preaching. And he'll have a, a, a Sunday school hour as far as that. And, and church, let me, uh, let me just quickly say this too. When the church gets started, I'm, this might be a little bit early to tell you this. When this church gets started in Topeka, this is not, um, I think for my midweek service, I'll go over to Topeka and then, you know, next week I'll come back. No, you have a church that is your church. Amen. 
All right, all you owe me so far? So uh, you don't do this where, you know, I think I'm going to skip church on Wednesday night. I'll still get my midweek service and I'll just pop in over there. No, if this is your church, you show up on Wednesday night. If you want to go over there for a service on a Thursday, that's fine. But that's not your church. Okay, so in other words, there are going to be people who are going to leave here and go, go to that church. And they're going to be a great base to that church because they're saved, they're baptized, they're soul winners. They're, they attend church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And they're going to be a great base to that church for that church to grow. And by the way, there's people over in Topeka right now that are saved and they need a church. And can I just say it this way? They're looking whether they know it or not. They're looking for that, the, Amen. the Bible kind of church. Amen. They're looking for that. And I'm just trying to get you to see tonight is that we need to have a desire. Now, I will say this, church, I don't foresee this thing starting in the fall. Believe me, I want it to start in the fall. But it's a big relief off of me to know, okay, at least we have somebody that's going to be able to run with this thing. And he's excited about coming, okay? So he's probably going to get here in October, get his feet on the ground. That church will probably start before the spring, um, but we'll probably have an official, they'll have an official start more toward the spring. But that way they can get some of the kinks worked out. But there's just so much. Barnabas, I'm sorry. Josh, who was with you? Brother Nathaniel? Michael, Michael went too? Good. All right, so they went over there this week. They were doing some drywall while I was gone. Um, they got the whole back wall up uh, in, the, in the back there. He was showing a picture before I walked in. And so there's progress going on there. Church, I mean, I don't know if this is the only one, but in my heart, I'd like to start another one. Okay. Now that I know that there's somebody going that direction, and I know that we have, I, 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 don't get nervous. I'm not going anywhere yet. We're not going to go try another one. But it's in my heart to start another one. All right? And by the way, it ought to be in your heart to start another one. There ought to be a desire because that's what God left the church here for, is that there would be other churches. I look at it this way. There are people who are going to leave this church that are going to subtract from the Heritage Baptist Church here so that they can multiply at the Capital City Baptist Church there. And I think that's fruit to your account. Man, it's like investing, all right? You want to invest in places where there's a good return. I think Topeka is going to be a good return, all right? And, and I know that that sounds almost, you know, uh, carnal, but in the, in the Christian perspective of it all, we're supposed to have fruit, all right? We're going to have fruit there as well as fruit here, all right? So first of all, I see that the church of Jerusalem, when it came to their ears, they said, hey, we need to send somebody. You know why? Because they had a desire for a church to be there because they heard people were being saved. Something else I think that's kind of interesting. Look at verse number 22. The tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was at Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Now, I'm not going to read too much into that except for what it just said. Who sent Barnabas? And how far did they tell Barnabas he could go? Now, I don't know about that, what that tells you, but you know what that tells me? The church has the authority. The church has the authority. I'm careful with Brother Mark not to use, uh, and again, I don't know that it's wrong, but I'm, for some reason, I just, in my mind, I, I'm careful not to say mother church. And I know we are birthing a church, and we are, in a sense, a mother church. But truthfully, when a church starts in Topeka and it charters, we're sister churches, is what we are. But this church has a part of it. Now, listen to me closely, church family. Brother Mark, um, he's been very gracious but I understand the principle of churches starting churches. Brother Mark is under the authority of this church and so that church uh, um, charters. He might listen to this, this message. If he does, I want to say it again. Brother Mark, Absendic, and it doesn't matter if it's him or somebody else, until that church charters is under the authority of this church. 
You say, that's awful controlling. About as controlling as Jerusalem saying, Barnabas, go. Barnabas, don't go any farther than Antioch. You know what that tells me? The church had the authority to start the church. Can I, can I share things with you? Is it okay? Is it okay for me to be a little more transparent? I don't have to. Just sit there like bump on the log. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? Nod your head, smile, do something, all right? Okay. How many had a long day today? You had a long day today? All right. How many still sleeping? Raise your other hand, all right? Okay, that's what I thought. You know, I have, uh, I have four girls and, um, and four boys, obviously, but I have four girls. And, you know, when a dad has girls... And this is, this is me speaking as a dad, okay? Brother Mooney, I think, you, I, think, I think you would agree with me, I think. You know, when you have girls, especially when it's your first one, you've not had the experience of marrying off any. Your first one, it's a little more, okay, you've got to do this, this, this. You've got to cross your T's, dot your I's. You've got to be a knight in shining armor. You have to have $10,000 in the bank before you marry my daughter. I mean, I want to tell you, I have heard it all. I'm just telling you, I have heard it all. Okay, can you imagine if my wife's parents would have told me that I had $10,000 in the bank before I married her? We'd have been in our 60s before I could marry her. Stupid. Anyway, you know, I'd be careful. Maybe you do that. I'm sorry. I'm just being a little facetious. But, but I'm just trying to tell you that can, this is what I'm trying to get you to see. I, because I have seen this before. A person who has multiple daughters, when it comes to the first one, they are so, you got to be this, this, and this in order to marry my daughter. But by the time they get to the second, third, and fourth, please take them. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Okay, with that in mind... We are not going to start churches and try to make whoever is supposed to pastor those churches to be the knight in shining armor. We just, are you going to win people to Jesus Christ? Are you going to keep this a Baptist church? Are you going to follow the doctrines of the scripture? I know they're not going to be exactly like us, but I don't want it to be like my first daughter. I want it to be that we can get the gospel to the lost and dying world. And yes, we have, we, the church, the church has the authority for what's going to take place in Topeka. But we also understand that that church is going to become autonomous and we are going to let go of that church so that that church can do what God called it to do. All right, so the first thing I see is this. The church of Jerusalem had a desire. Second thing I see is that the church in Jerusalem had the authority. Had the authority. All right? Hey, can I say one more thing? I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, believe me, I see it's, it's one minute to eight. And I'm not, I promise, I'm, telling, I'm very conscious that, uh, about this thing at time. I'm not going to do this, all right? I told you it wasn't going to be long tonight. Don't look at me like that, all right? <laughs> David Deal called me yesterday. And I think it was yesterday, if not, it was the day before, but yesterday, I think. But anyway, David Deal called me, and David, he's very, very good about keeping in contact with me. And church family, I want to tell you something. David, David Smith will know this. You know... I'm consumed with where I'm at a lot of times. Now, I, I prayed, David, I prayed for you, but I want to tell you something. I'm consumed where I'm at as far as what I'm doing. And, and I know that, you know, in my mind, I know things sometimes I feel like that, you know, David and Ben and even David Deal and, and Brother Martin, since they're out of our church, it, it can almost appear that I don't care, and I do care about what's going on in their life and where they're at. And um, so anyway, David called me yesterday, and he always texts me first. He says, hey, do you have time for me to talk to you? And I'm, which I'm thankful for. <laughs> I got to stop. The first time David 
called me. He called me FaceTime, all right? And that might not mean much to you, but I called David back. I, I didn't answer his phone. I called, I texted David. I said, David, do not FaceTime me. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to answer you FaceTime. I said, you can auto, auto, audio call me, but I am not going to look at you the whole time I'm talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I was, that's what I told him, all right? I don't mind talking to you face to face. Well, you, I mind. I don't mind talking to you face to face, all right? But, you know, I'm on the phone. I'm going to be on the phone for an hour. I'm not going to sit there and look at a screen for an hour, all right? All right, God bless you. But anyway, so, so anyway, David calls me and he says, hey, listen, I want you to come over. For, can you, when, if it's okay, I, need you, I would like for you to come over to a missions conference or there was another meeting, but in November as well as February, would you just look at your calendar and see which one would be good? Would it be good as far as the people coming over? He talked about the people who got saved, how many people are about to get baptized. He's just really good about um, keep, keep me informed. And I almost feel guilty sometimes because... Um, you know, I'm not picking up a phone every five minutes or every, every day to find out how he's doing. But I want to tell you something. There is supposed to be a connection to the church. And unfortunately, I'm the face of the church, but you're the church. And that's what David is supposed to do. And he's going to get over there and he's going to seem awful lonely because he's over there. And by the way, church family, you could fix some of this if you would email and text these guys. I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to say this one more time. All right. If they're part of this church family and they're sent out of this church, we have to stay connected to them. And with technology today, there's so many different ways that you can keep in contact with them. Amen. It's not like you used to have to write the snail mail and send a letter and they got it three months later. All right? Stay in contact with our, with our folks, especially the ones that are from here. All right, so the first thing, here's the third one. I told you there's three. First one is this, is the church had a desire. Church of Jerusalem had a desire to start a church. The church in Jerusalem had the authority over the church. One more thing. Look at chapter 11, verse number 22 again. Then the tidings of these things came to the ears of the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all and with purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. Now, church, I mean, there's several things about Barnabas. Last of all is this, the church had a representative. Hey, I'm going to have to say a couple things here on this real quick tonight. Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with the way we're doing this as far as having Brother Mark option to come be at our church for a short period of time and going over and starting the church. There's nothing, there's nothing anti-scriptural at all, okay? But representatives came from within the church. Now, he's going to be from within the church because he has to come join this church before he can go start a church. So he's got to come out of this church anyway you look at it. You know... Your parents can't call you into the ministry. I can't, church pastor can't call you into the ministry. But can I just tell you something? God would call people into the ministry that were wanting to be in the ministry. We ought to, we ought to be able to, we ought to have some guys from our own church that we can send out and say, hey, listen. You know, Brother Gray, when he was here, uh, he was here for 10 years before he went out. And I remember going to Brother Gray and said, Brother Gray, would you at least pray about going? Now, I, by the way, I can't call a person, but I can at least tell him, hey, listen, would you pray about going to Great Bend? And sure enough, boy, God did a work in his life, and he, and he went. And he's been there. Praise the Lord for that. But the thing I see is that the church had people in the church that could be a representative, all right? There's so much mentioned about um, Barnabas as far as that goes. But... Um, You know, I don't know who it was that said this. Church family, it's 8.04. I will be done by 10 after. If you give me six more minutes, I'm done. 
And, and you're doing great. No one's sleeping on me that I can see. But, um, you know, when, when, I, when I graduated from high school, I didn't know what God's will for us for my life. I knew one thing. I wanted to be in ministry of some sort. If I wasn't going to pastor, I still wanted, so that's why I became a school teacher. I figured anybody could study history and anybody could do PE. So I majored in history and PE. I knew I could regurgitate facts, and I liked any type of sport there was. And so I became a school teacher that majored in history and PE. That was it. And you know the why I did it? Because I, I, wanted, to be in, I wanted to be in ministry. I, had, I, I lived with my dad. I mean, he, he never had anything. And so it wasn't about, man, alive, this is a glamorous job. Man, I'll be rich and famous. I think I'll be a pastor. No. I just want to be in ministry. But I want to tell you something. I really believe that God honored that because the more I tried to stay in ministry, there came a day in my life where the Holy Spirit of God really touched my heart about pastoring. Young, you young people in here, I, it's not like volunteer for Jesus, a soldier true. It's not one of these things, I'm going to go pastor a church. You can't do that. You have to be called of God to pastor, called of God. All right? But I want to tell you something. You can make yourself available and you can make yourself the best option so that God says, hey, you know what? Okay, you're faithful to church. You're doing everything that a pastor would do. I think I'll just go ahead. Do you notice in Acts 13 that Barnabas and, and Barnabas and Saul were both in the church and they were one of the five that were called prophets and teachers in the church that God said, okay, that's the one I'm going to take. God always takes the best, doesn't he? I, I don't know what to tell you except is this. I would, if you're a fellow especially, I would try to have a desire for God to use you. And you know how that's going to happen? Go soul winning. You know how God's, you do that? You can read your Bible and have your devotion. You, know how, you do that? Amen. You stay awake during church. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we're starting the church in uh, Topeka, Kansas. And in Topeka, Kansas, Brother uh, Abshendek is going to come here. Lord permitting in October, he's going to join this church. He'll be out of this church. Where he's going to try to raise support. We'll try to get some support. If you think you're going to be a part of that church, or if you, uh, again, whether you live in Topeka or not, but you, you, could, you could be in a class with him and get to know him a little bit. Um, in the meantime, we're going to finish that church building, and then he's going to go over there and try to get things started as far as a, a soft start uh, started, and then there'll be an official start come spring probably uh, as far as that goes. There's going to be probably three, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, there's probably going to be four, four to six families that will probably go over there and be a, be a good base for him to get started. And though we're going to miss everyone that leaves this church, Amen. it's fruit that abounds to everybody's account Amen. because of starting that church. And every person that gets saved is fruit to this. I believe it's fruit to this account. So Church of Jerusalem, they had a desire. I, I think that we should have that same desire. God, would you please use our church to be able to reproduce churches? we should the, the church at Jerusalem was not demanding but it had the authority had the authority how many's got kids raise your hand got kids guess what if they're living in your home you have the authority Amen. just part of it so when you start churches this church has the authority until it, auto- until it becomes autonomous we have the authority Amen. so they had a heart they had the authority and they had a representative now, our representative's coming. He'll be part of this church, and then he'll represent us. But this probably, Lord permitting, this might not be the only church, and we need representatives that will go also. Thanks for listening to The Baptist Pulpit, 2 Timothy chapter 4. 
says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We pray that through the challenging preaching of the word of God today, that you will be encouraged to stay faithful in preaching the word and hearing the word. Lester Roloff many years ago said, the world's greatest need is preaching preachers. Let's pray that in this day and this hour, we will stay faithful to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to The Baptist Pulpit.